The kakadu plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, listen. Alright, motherfuckers, pull your coins in the goddamn slot because it's wow. one upsmanship time. Coming at you at your morning drive time for talk. We're rude and crude. <laughs> I lost the bit. I still um, like you it. know. I like I was the doing some kind of radio DJ Tom Likas version of an introduction <laughs> to the podcast for sophisticated elites of the video game analysis industry mm. that we call one upsmanship. Yes, we do. We are sophisticated <laughs> and elite. Thank you. We're sophisticates. <laughs> really. Sophistelites. Yes, we are. We're sophistelites. <laughs> We're sophisticles. Um about these gamer game yeah, gameoids. And uh, I'm Michael Swain. And I'm Adam Ganser. That's true. And yeah. we don't even need coins to go where we're going. Probably where we're not. going, we don't need coins. But, but we, we do need Geo. Uh, we what need do we Geo. Need? We need lots of Geo. Oh, that's that's the <laughs> yeah. name of the We need yeah, just like stacks of rocks. Yeah, did you imagine though that the origin of that is geodes? So it's just like little yeah. little chitinous bits of reflective rock as their currency. And I like how it makes you feel like money's very arbitrary. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it's really like a hitchhiker's guide when the society decides to make leaves money <laughs> and it analyzes <laughs> how that doesn't work out for yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You um, just yeah. find piles of money buried in caves someplace. The bones are their money, and yeah. the they I'm referring to are a bunch of little skull-faced bug monsters because we're talking about Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight! Notable because this may be well, we covered Edith Finch, but that was sort of a prestige indie game. Yeah, I think this might be the most truly indie game we've covered thus far. See, I think it's right on par uh, with what Edith Finch. Yeah, I think so. I think it's right oh, okay. on par with that. Uh, it also it, it feels like it's gained a kind of public awareness that most of the indie games that you and I talk about didn't. I feel like people know what about this game. What do you base that off of? Um, just, I feel like people know about it. 
like whenever I have a conversation with other people about video games that aren't okay. you, okay, they know Fair. about the game. That's what I'm basing it on. I just the word the operative word being feel makes it sound like you didn't talk to anyone. You just feel like they yeah. know about it. It's just in the you air. look in their eyes. Yeah. And it seems like they would know Hollow Knight. <laughs> the light of um, recognition sparkles at me, so I assume yeah. you know this. Yeah. But uh, we still get a lot of feedback from people who, God bless their little souls, uh, are too busy and have adult lives and enjoy the podcast, but are like, if you go anywhere off the beaten path of like Borderlands 3 or whatever the big game is right now, I'm not necessarily going to know what it's about. So I guess what I'm saying is uh, our first segment is more useful than ever before. So let's pass our first checkpoint. Yeah. Which one is it in this game? I think in this game, it's we've acquired a single ability. You know, maybe we can yeah, maybe we can stomp a shaky ground or shoot two a, of every Metroidvania. Yeah. But I forget. Do you like kneel at bug statues to no, regain you sit, your health? You sit on a bench, and it uh, gives you all your I masks used, back. You just sit on a little park bench. Yeah, you do. Okay, so here's the thing. The full disclosure: I was obsessed with this game and followed its its like creation. Uh, followed the dev team on Kickstarter, so. I played the shit out of it right when it came out, which it's now been a bit. But Adam just finished it. I I, I just played through it in the last like two weeks. Yeah, so he'll be fresher yeah. on the details, but I don't want that confused with being more enthusiastic about the game than me. <laughs> because I love it more than you. I love uh, Hollow Knight more than you do. Yeah, yeah. And with that in mind, uh, you take the speed run. I knew you were going to do this. Plot. I knew it was going to be. <laughs> well, the plot actually, I'm a little fuzzy on uh, personally, but I'll still Player do a one, speed run. Coin it up. I'll still do a speed run. Okay. Uh, then you know what I'll do yeah. just to help you out? Yeah. I'll start that clock. Thank you. Uh, so, Hollow Knight is a Metroidvania style video game that I would say is closest to Super Metroid in the way that it's structured in that you unlock abilities and it gives you access to new areas. And it's also an animated uh, game about a bug kingdom that has fallen into disarray. And it's a little bit of a Dark Souls 2D ripoff. Uh, It is all three of those things. It is an indie game. It was, uh, as you said, funded by a Kickstarter, I believe, and has risen to prominence and become one of the more well-known titles uh, of this genre. It's by Team Cherry, I want to say. It was released on February of 2017, so it's been a little bit. It was released on the Switch last year in June. Um, It has received a lot of critical acclaim, and in it, you basically pilot a tiny little bug's knight, who uh, pilot him? Yeah, pilot him. He's a little. He's a little bug knight who has uh, a bunch of little masks, and every time he gets hit, he loses a mask. And then you, every time you kill a guy, you get some of that power back. And you are wandering through this bug kingdom, killing various enemy bugs in the search to, I believe, restore the kingdom to its former glory. Though the plot to me was a little obscure, and also I was playing this while I was listening to podcasts, so some of the plot was lost on me. Mostly you are collecting uh, abilities and unlocking new areas, as I said, and it is a hell of a lot of fun. And that is my speed run. Stop the clock. Mm. We don't usually do this, but I think we should. It's short. I'm going to shotgun the Wikipedia plot synopsis into your ear holes. You ready? Yeah, go for it. Within the world of Hollow Nest, which is the what they call the whole game world, yeah. higher beings are primordial godlike creatures that exist above all others, possessing certain abilities and powers that regular bugs do not have. Sound familiar? It does. 
yeah, it's it's you and me, buddy. Yeah. Higher <laughs> beings were <laughs> higher beings are often deified, worshipped as gods by the uh. other bugs. Prior to the start of the game, a higher being known as the worm died near Hollow Nest in order to transform into a new shape, the Pale King. Before the Pale King's arrival, the bugs of Hollow Nest worshipped a higher being known as Radiance. Man, I don't remember any I am, of this. I'm worried about uh, how little of this plot I retained. And yet I, I, I swear, guys, I played the game. I played it a lot. I'm all the way... Uh, yeah, yeah I've, I've achieved, I believe, all the powers, even the black versions of the powers, the void versions. Yeah. I've unlocked them all. Anyway... Uh, Radiance was a powerful moth whose mere presence could sway the denizens of Hollow Nest to mindless obedience. However, the Pale King was able to expand and civilize the minds of the bugs of Hollow Nest, leading them to accept him as their ruler and leaving the Radiance as a distant memory. Mm. With his newfound control, the Pale King went on to construct a great kingdom, blah, 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 blah. The kingdom falls. You're going through the ruins. Wow, this is very more Lord of the Rings than I remember. The Pale King also created shadowy beings called yeah. vessels that lack a mind and will and attempted to contain the infection by sealing it with a single hollowness vessel. Yes. There's some shades of halo as well. After many attempts, a suitable vessel christened the Hollow Knight. Rise from your grave was created by the Pale King and used to eventually contain the infection. The Hollow Knight was placed within the black egg and sealed by three powerful elder bugs. That you have to I like go this. and wake up and Known defeat. As the Dreamers, that yeah. I remember. The yeah. Dreamers is the one part I remember. Uh, yeah, depending on the actions, as multiple endings in the first ending called Hollow Knight, the player defeats the Hollow Knight and absorbs. Oh, you're not the Hollow Knight. Right. I thought you were the no, Hollow, the Hollow Knight. No, the Hollow Knight's that is the, is the, the big thing boss. you fight at the end. Yes. So I think it's notable that, like you said, my I love this game, but my main impression of it was you're in an ancient ruined kingdom of right. bugs. Right. There's mystical stuff that's Correct. all very great, and I and I felt very relaxed, but in a spooky way. Mm-hmm. That's and right. I killed everything, but I don't like necessarily need to remember. It was Tim the Burton-y. details of what was going on. Yeah. I would argue the plot doesn't matter in this game, uh, and I will say that in Largely. my rant. I will yeah. definitely be saying that. But we okay, should pass so a checkpoint, shouldn't we? Let's do it. Um, let's sit on a, a bench and then... Update your a map. Quick time, yeah. quick time event, the bench in a custom animation falls through a hole and it turns out that save point has to be refound <laughs> later oh. to be used. Ooh. Did that never happen to you? I don't, I don't believe so, no. I don't believe yeah, that. Yeah, one of the to... benches you sit on, I think it's... It's it like falls a through decoy. a hole. Oh, yeah, and you gotta, you can find it later, and then you can save. Oh, anyway, maybe I missed that one. Interesting. Rant it up. That's you, sir. I know. Player one. No, you were play. Whatever. I was a speed run. You're player one, sir. You plugged in. Michael Swain ranting off. Uh, I love Hollow Knight, and it's interesting because uh, lately, like the last three to five years there's been a renaissance in 2d metroidvania games and i have a very like a soft spot for them and usually i'm a story driven guy and gameplay loops alone don't get me but this one totally does Mm. the metroidvania 2d specifically side-scrolling metroidvania is like you know axiom virgin blasphemous and bloodstained and all the good recent metroidvania games uh are just like freaking crack to me and um all you need what's amazing is it's one of the only game loops that i find i don't need the story to be specific or complex i just need the vibe to be correct and i think that's what metroid itself uh and to a lesser degree castlevania but i think metroid does it more so perfected is like oh 
this game, this type of game that blends exploration, discovery, and light RPG elements in the sense that you adapt, you gain new trans traversal and like shooting mechanics by unlocking powers, and that lets you get to the next areas. Yep, and it blends it with like platforming. It needs to be. You ever listen to a Spotify playlist that's called like Chill Beats that everyone in the world is I, listening I have, to? I at have any given listened time? to it. I have or listened to YouTube? it. Or on YouTube, yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's like you want it to be mysterious and melancholy, but yeah. not too energetic. Yeah. And that's the vibe of these games. And Hollow Knight understands that and got it perfect. Like in its own way, uh, I felt that the vibe was exactly like the vibe of Metroid, and yet I wouldn't call it derivative. They did a great job of living in their own universe, but they didn't mess up what a great Metroidvania game has, which is like to counterbalance how fucking brutal the boss fights are going to be. Uh, the world is very spooky, cool, and fun to be in, and and like delightful to be in, and very ASMR-y. Mm-hmm. and like a weird mix of cute and mysterious. Yes. I love the little bug guy. I would strongly consider getting a tattoo of that little bug, the main wow. character. That much? Well, I just yeah. I mean, like in terms of that's how much I respect. The elegance and evocativeness of the character design. I truly think it's a remarkable character design. Okay. Along the lines of like why you would appreciate Mickey Mouse being an impactful icon, or you know what I mean? Like they made all the choices correct. In the same way that like Braid is a great game, but the character design is not why. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, know? right. Right. Um I just think it also and I'll wrap up with this. Hollow Knight stands as a testament to like 2d animation you know if you like cuphead you'll like hollow knight not that it's the same tone at all but they show an intense attention to detail and one of the things about it is the animation is very quote-unquote real animation it mimics cell animation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's all what a wonderful rant uh player and if that was too much for you deal with it <laughs> <laughs> i feel like you're like a like the villain in a shoot 'em up arcade game or something like in a western saloon you know, you I pull out a revolver. Like yeah, I feel like that's what yeah. you are. I feel like we're all in a virtual simulacrum, and I could <laughs> shoot everyone, and it wouldn't really matter, right? It would right. just reset. Right. That's how this. That's how the shootings mm, begin. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna think about that while you rant. <laughs> great. <laughs> hey, great, buddy. That's hey, that great. sounds great. I'm not alarmed. Uh, <laughs> wonderful. No, so, I am uh, the Hollow Knight. <laughs> So, uh, my opinion on this game is it exposes your rank hypocrisy, Mr. Swaim. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No. But I, I do find it fascinating that finally we've found a game that the story doesn't matter to you, but the gameplay does. And uh, so, I, this this is the one of the only times that I'm going to indulge a little bit in reflecting to my co-host back things that I observed about him while I was playing it, which I rarely do. But I was like, as I was playing this, I was like, Swaim loves this, and I know why. The first reason is the animation and the style of it are incredibly appealing. It's pretty, right? It's but it's <laughs> but it's not pretty because because Red Dead Redemption Two is pretty. This is quirky and weird and a and sort of melancholic, but also beautiful. It's all those things. And it's not realistic at all. There's nothing realistic about it, and it's not trying to be realistic. And I think that makes you sit back and need less from it. And that's a good decision, and I know why that tickles your brain. It makes perfect sense to me. Um, I The best thing about this game to me that is new or original to it, I guess, 
is the crispness of it. This game is crisp. Every time you punch uh, or with your with your nail, every time you hit a bug, <laughs> it's like, ooh, yeah, I fucking hit that thing, right? And when it hits you, you're like, damn it. Uh, it's it's very... And when you miss, you feel very much like, yes. well, that was fair. I yes. missed. It's very... <laughs> it feels like the way a buzzer does in your hand. It's like, ooh, yeah, I get the, exactly the right tingle when I want it. Um, it's very precise compared to other games, and that makes it very rewarding to play in like a base sort of like caveman way. Like I get the buzzer when I want it and I miss it and I'm like, ah, damn it. Um, so that part's good. I liked the artistic style quite a bit, which normally I'm not as excited about games that are inspired by animation styles of various kinds. Like that doesn't matter to me. That's not an appeal to me. Uh, but this one was in the right wheelhouse even for me. Um, I think the closest analog to it is Tim Burton's work. Um, it's pretty close to Tim Burton in terms of its look, but it's a little sweeter than Tim Burton. It's not wacky in any way. It's a little more like uh, cute chibi drawings of like bugs would be, but yeah. through the lens of Tim Burton. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, but there's Bugs Life Tim Burton. <laughs> yeah, Bugs. Yeah, Bugs Life Tim Burton. But it's there is a it is a little sadder than Tim Burton and a little sweeter than Tim Burton can do. It's both of those things. Um, mm-hmm. I don't care at all about the plot of this. I didn't care one bit about it. I found it esoteric and unappealing and uninteresting. Uh, and I don't think, and I think the fact that I was playing it and not paying attention to the plot tells you how unimportant it really is. Um, I do think you need it to be motivated to keep playing it, but you know, uh, as a plot driven game, it's not great at that. It's, I would say it's at the level of Dark Souls, which again is another thing this is really heavily indebted to. I find Dark Souls and Bloodborne and all those from games as plot deliverers to be just totally obfuscating and frustrating. Like, I don't care about them for plot because they're like too much mystery and like, you know, uh, layers of obfuscation. It's like, dude, just tell the story or don't, you know, like. Uh, I think that's kind of true about this game, even though it's more appealing. Um, have you played Katana Zero yet? I have not. I'm sure I will play it for... Okay, then let's move right along. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, so the Dark Souls-ness of it, I found this game to be a little on the harder side, and because it was so winsome, that didn't frustrate me. Though there were a lot of times where I was like, all right, man, just let me beat the stupid flying frog with a cape. You know what I mean? Can I just get on with this? Uh, but not enough that I thought the game was dumb, whereas I do think occasionally Dark Souls is dumb. Um, It's the same thing, too, by the way. It's still like figure out when to dodge, figure out when you can hit them, don't hit too many times, take your time. It's the same philosophy, and this is just sort of a more appealing version of that for me. Um, Overall, this is a very good game. I, if anybody's like, oh man, what a great kingdom or story, I will say, no, it is not. Uh, I will argue with that because it's not delivered in enough, uh, with enough emotional connection for that to matter. And I will fight that. I will fight against that because I, it needs to be present enough and available enough for me to care. And it was not, but great game. Otherwise. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. 
Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. T-I-K-A dot com. Are you done? I'm done. Are you <laughs> done? Yeah, I'm done. Because I'll fight about that last point. I'm glad. As the game becomes on. <laughs> um, also, first of all, for me, it wasn't the frog with the cape. It was yeah. those fucking lancer wasps where they're yeah, like, yeah, here's yeah, yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, and they're yeah. like, oh, you figured it out. You beat one. Here's two. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I see what you're doing. God, okay. So I got to do both at once. They had okay, a couple that of those. forever, but I did it. And then they're like, hey, guess what? Here's three. And you're like, what? You where bastards. is this going to Yeah. You bastard. The, <laughs> the pill bugs up on top of, uh, I want to say, Soul Sanctum. There's like a th- there's like five pill bugs that get reanimated and you have to kill two of them at a time and you're like why are there yeah. fucking five of them just make two and make them as hard as you want them to be and like don't make me keep killing them and uh and then like barely surviving and then like oh here's a new one like come on uh, do you remember the uh, I love and it's a staple of well a games beyond just Metroidvanias but Metroidvanias as well. The area where it's official, it's like literally an arena, and everyone's yes, watching the Coliseum. you try to yeah. beat people more. Yeah, increasingly yeah. difficult waves of. I enjoy. I don't know why. I just like arena combat structure. It's like the too. only Harry Potter I cared about was when it got to number four, and they're like, "It's a structured contest," and I was like, "Oh, I like structured contests being overlaid onto whatever sci-fi and fantasy shit." Um, and I also want to ask before we move off of it, did you play Sundered? I did not play Sundered, no. Which is the Eldritch Horror cell animated 2D Metroidvania game. Okay. I bet that's cool um, too. Uh, oh, it's fucking. It'll, it's it fucks you fucking up. Great, oh, bro. Man. Oh, bro. Um, <laughs> I, I do think that there is there is something to say that, like, so Metroid is a great game for A, inventing these tropes, but B, it doesn't overcrowd you. Like, Metroid, it, it, there's enough narrative present as you encounter it in real time that it's really just a game experience for most of the game. And then there's like maybe a 5 to 10% of it where, oh, there's a little bit of story, and but enough that you're yeah. not thinking about it. And this game made the mistake of going the other direction of sort of like implying there's a story the whole time, but obfuscating it enough for so long. Well, there is. Yeah. There is a story. Yeah. You can read the little paragraph, sure. and it's not that hard to understand. You know, it's like, oh, there's an ancient war, and right. they got pushed this way and that, and these are the players, and at the end, you win for the right side, sure. and this happens. It's all fine. But uh, I do think that's what's so notable about Metroidvanias is 
And I don't know that every developer team is aware of this in like a media analysis kind of way, but whether we're consciously doing it or not, uh, you know what I mean when I say pre- it's interesting how many, uh, 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 Sorry, media that is interdisciplinary, like yeah. film. How yeah. film encompasses music and photography right. and movement and choreography and acting and score. Um, video games are like that as well. They encompass film when they want to. So it's so interesting to me how different genres seem to uh, uh, encourage highlighting aspects that aren't normally highlighted. For example, like... Music video as a genre mm-hmm. is one of the few genres that forces even a layman to notice editing, yes. notice that it exists, right. and see, oh, I, the editing is something. And I feel like Metroidvanias, I'm realizing, for some reason or another, if you're going to do a Metroidvania, it's just about tone. You just got to nail the right tone. That's, that's true. And tone is not necessarily the first thing you start brainstorming when you're developing a game i would think obviously there are franchises known for tone like borderlands is very much known in part for its tone grand, but grand i would theft argue auto. grand theft auto is known for its tone yes yeah but borderlands is i would argue its success is still even more built on the addictive nature of the gameplay loop and that people yes. like cell shading which are art choices yes but it's so it's just so interesting to me the metroidvania is like why does it have to be this weird melancholy exploration of something that's ruined? But like seriously, 90% of Metroidvanias start with like, hey, don't worry, man. Not that anything's urgent. You're just going to wander around. But like, this is all dead, okay? For thousands of years, this has all been dead. It's like all Metroidvanias start from that place and in that emotional space. It's true. And I... Is there a reason why? Or did Metroid and Castlevania literally just do that and were like, well, why fuck with the formula? That's how it's done. I think that this is where Castlevania and Metroid really part company. Like, I think that Castlevania is not as lonely of a journey. Like, because the whole time you're killing, like, you know, creeps and ghouls and, you know, various things. So you don't feel as much like it's just you. Uh, trying to figure it out. Whereas in Metroid, until you find a space pi- pirate, it doesn't feel like you're meeting anything that has an intelligence to it. So you really do feel like alone. And I do think that it has a weird brain tickle impetus thing where like, I think human beings naturally look for, well, I want to find another thing like me that, uh, that understands and I can communicate with. And so I'm inclined to explore and this rewards that by creating hurdles that it then removes. And I feel really powerful and I'm like, okay, but when do I meet a person? You know, I think, I really think yeah, that's what it is. It's, you know, like they all tend to be, you go to the next room and you see like the bones of some ancient behemoth right. makes the ro- the room that you're in. And you're like, I wonder what that implies or how long ago that thing was alive. They all like fall into the, and I love it. I want them to stay there. I think it's the right decision. It would be weird to me to play a Metroidvania game. I would play it, but I bet it wouldn't be that great. <laughs> That's like, you know, conquers bad for a day or something where it's <laughs> like, it's Metroidvania. Oh, you know what? There is that game. And I did lose interest. Guacamele is that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's, it's a, it's a very, they're well-made. The mechanic of like luchador fighting being your moves palette is very unique and it's satisfying to do. It's crisp. The animation's good. A lot of respect for the team. I can't keep interest or I don't want to play a Metroidvania all the way through where the tone is just like, 
cheerful and fun and hey aren't we having a good time i'm like no i want to feel lonely and like i yearn to get to the next room to know what's over there or that giant thing that lumbered by with no eyes what was that can i find that does that thing talk what was that yeah you know like i want it to be like that so Uh, tim burton is a good touchstone i agree so hollow knight is different than metroid in a key way, and this relates to the story thing. So Hollow Knight, you're never actually alone. Well, Samus, you could argue, is a pill bug. There's some evidence (laughs) to support that. She's more of a dung beetle. Yeah, no, no. So, uh, no, the, the Hollow Knight, you're never actually alone. Like, you're constantly running into people. And they're not bugs. You, well, yeah, but but I mean, people in the loosest sense, like sure, you know, sure. they're they're they can communicate with you, characters, uh, yeah. And you don't ever run into a character in Metroid. Like you, you basically never run into a character except for like Mother Brain. Um, and so, in order to retain the mystery, Hollow Knight decided all the people are sort of. Uh, kind of fixated in this weird, like, they don't totally understand what's going on, so they feel like, uh, they kind of feel like aliens. Like, they don't feel like total, complete people because they don't know what's going on. And the place itself feels sad. Whereas in Metroid, the place doesn't feel sad. I think there's just kind of an undercurrent of sadness because you're alone. Yeah, Dirtmouth, the town. Well, and it's also, I mean, you know, art style and music. Right. Are very important. Push here. tone really hard. Yeah. yeah. So uh, if you nail that, and I think they do, if you nail the score and the score makes humans feel lonely, it's pretty clear. Even if you're talking to people, you're like, I'm supposed to feel lonely though, because mm-hmm. listen to the music. Yeah. You know, we're well trained in that way. Um, but I would argue, well, earlier, right, coming out of the rants, the reason I came off hot is you were saying, or crusty, hot and crusty. Yeah. Just like, a, like, like your favorite pie. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's better. Pie, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, you were saying that the plot, I believe you said characters. We'll have to rewind the tape. Maybe you didn't. But I just wanted to take issue with the implication that the characters weren't interesting. Because in the same way that I think Pixar did a good job in Bugs Life mm-hmm. of creating iconic characters in the world. You know, they accomplished what they set out to accomplish. I even though I didn't find myself compelled to worry too much about piecing the overarching plot together, I do I did find the characters themselves indelible. Like I remember the different bugs I interacted with and what they were like and I thought they were all interesting people to meet along the way. Really? Okay, so Yeah. I I, I see I think this might be where like like the antique shopkeeper. I like the antique shopkeeper. Um, I like the guy. And, you know, of course, the, the, the mask, mask guy. the red mask people who come in yes. from the circus. <laughs> I just thought there were some cool concepts for types of yes, bug people. Yes, thank you for saying that because I think that's what it is. I think it's You're like concepts, yes. not real characters, yes. though. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. It's like, oh, what a clever idea. And it got you. Uh, the same way, dare I say, having played about a third to a half of Psychonauts, the same way that Psychonauts has it, it is an interesting great game there is a lot of story to it but also a lot of the characters there are types and they're just interesting types you know what i mean and like the, we explore them in sort of a, a more of a spreadsheety way the way that we would like a fallout game um and they're not emotionally 
uh, emotionally drawing. Like I would say, like there's nobody in Hollow Knight that's emotionally drawing for me. Not a single one of them. Uh, Metroid doesn't try to make you have emotional connections to anything. I think that's kind of what makes it stronger. So, Although I think it's funny that the one time they did that's now legendary in gaming is they tried to make you have an emotional reaction just based on the fact of like, wait a minute, a video game character could be a woman? What? <laughs> that In was a, like, yeah. if you're younger and you're listening to this, it was a huge deal that at the end of one of the Samus games, she takes off her helmet and has long hair, and you're like, my God. Right. What storytelling prowess are we witnessing <laughs> unfold here? A woman, yeah. you say. Me, me could be girl. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I don't think that, uh, I mean, so yeah, it did do one thing. But again, that's a fact. Right, which is kind of right, kind of why all we that's kind of why we all laugh about it, right? It's like it's basically just a fact. Um, uh, yeah, but in the new era, the prime ones, they try a little. Again, the plot is simple. I'd call it a PG to yeah, PG thirteen right. level plot, but it's like you know, there's now there's text screens and logs that tell you the pirates are doing mm-hmm, this, the Metroids, mm-hmm. someone's trying to use the Metroids again. You should kill them. But you basically don't ever. Like, your computer is kind of a character because it interacts with you. Yes, but you, you're alone, though. But you're alone. And, and, like, I can't reiterate enough how important that is to Metroid. Like, if they, gave you a, if they gave you a spiteful fairy that kept telling you what to do, like Link. Uh, or if, I mean, we just talked about Jedi Fallen Order, right. which is, a, in some ways, a 3D Metroidvania. Sure. Although there's not as much gating as far as gaining powers. There's a little bit. Mm-hmm. You learn to slide mm-hmm. and then you can go over to the next place or whatever. But um, but they give you that little robot. And I do think that's acceptable because the 3D space and the plot particulars of Star Wars do make it a different game than a pure 2D Metroidvania game. But I agree with you. If a Metroidvania game had like a Navi fairy, Link style, or Ocarina of Time style... I'd be like, what are you doing? I'm trying to be con- contemplative and lonely right now. <laughs> Leave me alone, right. little fairy. Right. <laughs> like, it, you know, it takes a lot of restraint to avoid overcharacterizing uh, your icon. You know what I mean? Because, again, like, Metroid is one of five or six, like, iconic things in Nintendo's repertoire. Yes. And they and that's what, don't overcharacterize yeah. it, whereas they do do that with Mario. And I would say they also sometimes overdo it with Link. Uh, it, I think Mario and Link have recently gotten too specific in a lot of cases. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. But Hollow Knight, so have you read uh, Scott McCloud's Understanding Comics? <laughs> no, sir, I have not. Okay, it's a text. It's taught as a textbook in a lot of schools, okay. but it's uh, it's a comic that is itself a textbook explaining the medium of comics Perfect. and how it ties to uh, the way the the way humans scan visual information, mm. basically, and how different cultures view time and how panel size, you know, affects your internal pacing and f- editing feel. And one of the most interesting aspects of it, I think, is this segment about 
icons, how hardwired the human brain is to recognize human faces and things, and to fill in without thinking about it patterns that it's seen before. So as an example, it'll, it shows a grocery store shelf, and it's a bunch of two liters of Coke, but they're all rotated in such a way that the Coke logo is never fully seen. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But he basically shows the panel and goes, what is this? And he goes, your brain obviously thought it's a bunch of Coke bottles. But if you look, you'll notice that logo is not visible anywhere. You just see little swirls and hints of it. And your brain and you fills know, it in. And you didn't even question it for a second. Right. It's a bunch of Coke bottles. Right. And he says, in the most primal version of that, because we need to recognize human faces, is you will see fucking human faces in everything. Mm-hmm. You know, And it's mm-hmm. true. And, you know, you see any like squiggle and two dots and you go, hey, that looks like a face. Yep. And... The way this applies to Hollow Knight specifically in comics generally is he he goes off sucking the dick of the creator of the Tintin comics because specifically what he Scott McCloud thinks was so brilliant about them is the backgrounds are painstakingly realistically drawn and yet Tintin is a super iconic cartoon character iconic in the true sense meaning lines symbolizing a thing that don't really resemble the thing his eyes are dots his mouth is just a circle uh, and this was quite intentional on the part of the artists who thought that psychologically that would allow kids to feel that they are Tintin and they're in the adventure and yet the the adventure itself is texturally very real it invites you to do what a kids adventure story should do which is replace the character with yourself but imagine this was really happening and i just find that really brilliant and i think it applies directly to the design of hollow knight yeah. those huge fucking black eyes and nothing else that you can look in and be like it's like Godard directing an extra who's never acted before. You're like, is Hollow Knight pensive? Is Hollow Knight sad? Is what what's going on in those eyes? And I just think there's something so evocative about simple characters whose eyes are just giant black dots. I think there's only there's end of ramp. No, I think you're right. There's there's two things to learn about Hollow Knight from the way that he, well, it's not his name's not it's he's not the actual Hollow Knight, right? I know. From, I'm sorry. It's okay. So from up. the main the main character whose name escapes me. So there's two things to learn. One, gigantic black eyes, uh, so that it has a human quality. Two, there are horns. Those are the two things. Yeah. Right? I think the horns matter and I think the eyes matter. Uh well, are they horns? I thought they were mandibles, like a I think okay, so are you looking at a picture of Hollow Knight, or can you remember? I, yeah, of course. I have him indelibly my, burned in my brain now, having played him as ours. I had assumed, and tell me if I'm blowing your mind, yeah. that we don't know what his head looks like. He's just a black, fleshy bug, and he is wearing a knight's helmet that is made of the skull of a beetle, right. and those are the mandibles of the beetle pointing up. I thought that, uh, and again, maybe so. Some somebody who's listening to this podcast can be furious, because I'm sure the story explains this. I thought it said that this character does not wear a mask, whereas the other characters are wearing masks. Uh, but I might be wrong about that. I thought I had read that in one of the journals or one of the like interactions with the NPCs. Um, but I, you're right. The player character is just called the knight or the yeah, player the knight. character, yeah, yeah. which is interesting. Yeah. Well, again, I mean, of course, because he's he's the sort of because he's not. Yeah, he's the samurai the version we're talking of, about. He's the samurai version of man with no name. I mean, that's what he is. You know, like yeah. Uh, samurai bug version yeah. of that. So, so <laughs> he's Yojimbo. Yeah, I mean, he. You know, he must be wearing a mask because, uh, yeah, he is wearing a mask. Everyone, I mean, well, your life bar is a mask right, getting cracked. Right. So he, okay. he he's wearing masks. So then, sort of like, why does he take a mask 
that's uh, with horns, do you think? Just because bugs? Well, the horns are broken, though, and most of the enemies have unbroken horns. I mean, if you're going for the demonic connection, which is makes which is sensible, yeah. uh, I would say there's a similarity to like Hellboy, right. where you're like, he has horns, but if you if they are horns, if you scan them as horns, the tips are broken right. off, as if to say, I'm not really this bad guy. And anymore. again, that's what I fucking love about great iconic simple character design this is why i actually think this knight is such an elegantly designed mm. like perfect thing is like from the tiniest details you get what they want you to get which is like with no other information you go oh he's a anti-hero with a troubled past he does violence right. but he feels bad yes. about it he has devil horns but they're broken right it's like you get so much from such a tiny but correct specific choice. that's really true they and throughout the game the npcs do imply that you might that your morality is ambiguous like sort of yeah. like oh you're gonna do this huh well i resisted that like like just sort of the where you line up on the morality timeline <laughs> Uh, yes. the good guy or bad guy bar is not that clear. And also, like, it's very clear the masks are all supposed to be skulls. You know what I mean? So, yes. like, the fact that right. they're wearing skulls has a kind of, uh, has another sort of pri- ties, primal effect. Yeah. It has, well, it has a primal effect on us, right? Like, we see people wearing yeah. skulls and we think of, you know, some kind of a cult or a, or like a den, really? den of ancient I warriors thought more or something. Of the, to me, it felt more like a granting of like it's like if bugs life if the pixar movie a bugs life were realistic it would have scenes where these cute characters are like crawling through piles of their own shit and eating dead babies right because that's what efficient they do for protein yeah. um so like i thought it was more granting i i took it as the neutrality of nature or i guess i took them wearing skulls as like yeah, they're bugs. You know, they don't have the same. They aren't disgusted by death in the way a human, a real human, would be, and be, mainly because the whole tone of the thing is we're living in the ruins of a fallen society. So I'm like, oh well, then you wear the bones of dead things that used to be what you are, because it's just thematically in keeping with what the game. Well, what about. a strange leap of logic for you because like I, I don't mean that I'm not trying to belittle you I'm just saying like because like I like it's such a strong decision for anybody to put on a skull as a helmet like it just right. implies but the fact that warrior. literally 100% of the creatures in this universe are hiding their identity even ones even ones that are just like shopkeepers are wearing yeah, skulls totally makes it seem like well it must have a different meaning yeah yeah that's true yeah it's more normalized in their culture, clearly, because everyone's wearing skulls. Well, but it still implies that there's a reason they're not all showing each other their face. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, dude, if you want to get real creeped out, I play do. Blasphemous. The, okay. Uh, yeah. At the end of this, I want to, because it's, uh, we didn't prep this episode, but yeah, yeah. this realization about the very specific tone that seems to make 2D Metroidvania work uh, made me realize there's a whole slew of them, and I want to recommend to you, but also to the listener, like, 
with this in mind, after hearing this episode, play these games back to back, and I think you'll notice interesting connections. Because my mind is like lighting up with all these new similarities between all my favorite Metroidvania games, which I love as a content creator. The first time you uncover pieces of the formula for something you love, What's, and it, it like it it goes from a magic trick into like a mechanic. Oh, I see how a that's mechanic. Done. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. now, now it's a now it's a tool in your in your repertoire. But I I will yeah, say I see the shape of this story. Yeah, but I will say like I think that in large part. Not that it's original to this, but I think Dark Souls has really dramatically shaped the way that we f- do the tone of these kinds of games. Because I, I keep trying to make the point that Metroid is actually kind of a different tone. They're not totally different, but it's kind of a different tone than a lot of these games that you're mentioning and than Hollow Knight. But Hollow Knight does share a lot in common with Bloodborne, Dark Souls, the From games you know, uh, as tone indicators. And I feel like that's because that's the language we speak now for these gated ability driven games is like, uh, you know, Oh, it's like dark souls, that sort of macabre Gothic, dark medieval vibe. Uh, that's sort of taken Mm. over as how we do this. Let's, let's meditate on that for just a second. Sure. I just want to, so I'm like, is Dark Souls the first creepy? Th- and no. I know that's oversimplifying. No, Castlevania but, probably um, is, right? Uh, Castlevania is doing that. But you're right. And I haven't played the original, original Castlevania or investigated like the dev team's intentions at that time. You know, like I haven't read interviews from that time. But my understanding of Castlevania, which I only dip into now and again because I feel like I'm supposed to, is that it slowly became more and more, like you said, like Splatterfest. Like, it's not as lonely and melancholy no. as much as it is like, fucking kill Dracula's, no. bro. Yeah. yeah. Um, Castlevania's theme, which is pretty memorable in like the first episode, like the first level in the first game, is uh, pretty upbeat. Like, it's not, it's yeah. never like. You mean the score literally? Yeah, the, the music. score literally is yeah, it's upbeat. like ding, 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 yeah. kill stuff. Yeah, it's really upbeat. I'm trying to think of the first games that made me feel truly lonely because I think that's the best word for me that we've landed on where I'm like, yes, that's what it is. All these games make you feel lonely in a mm-hmm. way that you like. Mm-hmm. Um, would be Mist, the original yes, Mist. Sure. And Iconic. Going back even further, the same company, so I think they just have an, an affinity for that tone, is like that company, Cyan, made a number of children's games mm. that are very nostalgic to me, and it was always weird to play them because, and I'm talking about Spelunks, Cosmic Osmo, Manhole, these games were designed for children, and everything in them is very friendly and child-appropriate, and yet, because of an interesting combination of the music and the design... You still feel fucking like lonely and weirdly yeah, yeah, sad yeah. when you're playing yeah, them, yeah. and I just love that. That's tone. a thing in kids' stuff too. Like there, there's a strand in kids' stuff of like this sort of melancholic thing that is more purely yeah. distilled there than in most adult stuff, where it has to be more like melodrama. You know? Yeah, yeah. Have you ever read the uh, Tim Burton wrote and illustrated a little book of short, like fucked up children's stories, the melancholy death of Oyster Boy? No, I see. I, every time you you have these uh, things, I need to check out. I I learn so it's, much. It's a quick read, okay. and I would say it's like a pure distillation of. It's like my favorite Tim Burton mm. thing. 
which is saying wow. something because he's done some great movies. Yeah, yeah. But I think this little book he did is like, oh, that's the essence of what Tim Burton is. I see that highly recommend. That's interesting because, like, uh, spoilers for you know this. Uh, my favorite Tim Burton thing is uh, Big Fish. Uh, which is oh. not the most. So you don't really. No, like no, Tim I, I do like Tim much. Burton. I, I just <laughs> yeah, think yeah, Big yeah, Fish no. captures the joy of Tim Burton in a way that none of his other work quite did. Well, I guess I mean the opposite. Yeah, I, know. I mean, yeah, if yeah. you if you like Edward Scissorhands, I do. And Night- Nightmare before or whatever nightmare, night, uh, nightmare on Christmas Eve. Uh, <laughs> nightmare, I forgot. Nightmare before Christmas. Yeah, yeah. If you like those, but you can tell that he is pulling his punches because they're they're films for the whole family. For God's sake, Melancholy Death of Oyster Boy is not that. It's like as dark as you'd expect him to actually be in his mind. You know. <laughs> yes, and that's fun sometimes. Uh, so, can we pivot to gameplay a little bit? Do you mind? Hmm. Well, okay, but by in by way of doing yeah. that, I want to say why I po- why I held us up sure. um, on Dark Souls yeah, yeah, yeah. because you, you're right that the so we investigated the tone, but it seems like the other point you're bringing, which is very true and apt, is that Metroid did the shooting did require uh, precision. And it felt like you got a little better at mm-hmm. it, but in the classic way that Mario requires you to get better and then you beat it, but it only takes a couple tries. Uh, Hollow Knight v- v- owes very much of its difficulty curve to the new trend yes. of games where you'll get through four or five screens with no problem, but then in the sixth screen, there's going to be this thing that you just can't do, yeah. and it's going to take you a hundred times. Good luck. And did Dark Souls... That all goes back to Dark Souls, right? Like they brought that thread into um, our current I, gaming ecosystem. I, no, no. There's, I'm sure there's got to be games that were intentionally hard beforehand. It's a specific slashing. I think is key to yeah. it. Like I wouldn't say shooting with precision is the same as what Dark Souls right. and Hollow Knight right. are. It's like I just think that Dark Souls popularize it just like you know halo made the limited weapons We're thing to it right yeah now. well and halo yeah. made the you can't have all the weapons you can have a couple weapons and it's like oh but you can get a shield that regens. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, just stuff like that you know and i would say you nailed it earlier when you said what they what's really a thread in gaming right now that dark souls at least popularized if it didn't invent is uh it's those games where the only way to win is actually to figure out how long you're supposed to wait that's the key mechanic is going, Yeah. oh, when they do that move, you wait two and a half seconds, then you get a narrow yep. window to attack, that's, and then you wait again. That's yeah. the trick with basically all from games, from what I can tell. is like And Hollow Knight very much so. Yeah, yeah. you got to learn how to dodge, and you got to wait, and you got to be like, this is going to take me 10 minutes. Like, it's, it's and you're easy. right, because I didn't think of that. That is not crucial to these 2D Metroidvania games. All. For example, Axiom Verge is hard but it doesn't feel like a from game blasphemous is hard and it does feel like it's trying to be a from game so it's interesting that there's overlap there but the venn diagram is not yet a complete circle you know well and I, I, the reason i really think this is dark souls is because i mean first of all your sword like you're using a sword instead of like throwing an object which would make it a lot more like uh yeah. Metroid or and Metroid has yeah. guns. I mean, it's simple as that. Right. And also, uh, I do think the tone is more indebted to Dark Souls than Metroid. Uh, Metroid's never creepy. 
Like there's occasionally no, uh, horror yeah. moments that are sci-fi horror a little bit, but it's like a like like it is a truly science fiction feeling. You know, like a kind of a rewarding one that we don't get enough in movies and television of just like, man, if you were like exploring an alien planet, that'd be fucking weird. You know what I mean? Like that, like that's the vibe of Metroid, and it's like that rules. And yet, oddly process based and oddly relaxing yeah. in the way that doing science is making yeah. sense of chaos. Right. And I'll tell you, the show that that you like, Next Generation, the right. feeling that Star Trek Next Generation gave you, where you're yeah. like. Uh, science is the process of finding, of slowly finding out new things, and sometimes you encounter danger, and you get around a conference table, and you decide what to do about it. Yeah, I love things Except, like that. Like Solaris is like that. I do like that. Metroid is also not a moral table tale. Like Metroid is. Metroid no. is literally just a story. Like the, this is what happened. Like it's just like here's what happened, and you're the good guy because you're the one that has to live, and yes. you find out. That's it. Well, and it has, I mean, especially in the Prime era, I forget how early this was introduced to the series, but the idea of scanning things, it just becomes the sheer joy of collection. Like, it's the same compulsive thing as Pokemon Snap, a game I played a lot back in the you day. You love that. It's just like, uh, no, I, I do genuinely love... Zooming in on something, scanning it, and information popping up about it. Like I like that's in a lot of games, and it's a mechanic I very much enjoy. Mass Effect had that. Uh, rest in peace. I know. Well, th- I think they're gonna they're gonna but, resurrect uh, that. Uh, don't you worry. Yeah, really? That that series. Not I dead will, yet. No way. I think they should take a hint from the declining Mass Effect sales and the nostalgia train everyone is on, and uh, revitalize Kotor. Do a full scale new Kotor. I don't know if they team. might not have the license. You know what I mean? Because you got to get the Star Wars I license. Hate everything. I know. I'm sorry, man. Uh, like, so you're like, yeah, the only good stuff, or the only Star Wars thing I'd actually care about can't happen for some legal uh, reason it, I don't care about. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> like laws and copyright. Uh, no, I, I understand. I, I also, by the way, you'll be happy to know, just recently purchased Kotor so that I can finally play it and tell right. you what I think of it, which I will do one day. Uh, um, so can we talk about? Well, also, yeah. Sorry, this is not the time because, but I can't let it go unchallenged it. before Here the episode times out. Do you know what no, I'm no, going to go say? Ahead. Predict. <laughs> you said I knew it. Okay. Um, you're wrong about Psychonauts. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Save that for. We will do a Psychonauts episode. I, I will promise save you. it, but I just need it. I can't have it besmirched and not say in the same recorded segment of media. Um, you're wrong about Psychonauts in the sense that it does truly have gameplay mechanic innovations yeah, yeah. as well. It yeah. is not okay. I'm not. Okay. I'm not arguing with that. I'm. I'm arguing that its characters are more interesting as as like data points than as people. Like urge to kill, falling, yeah, yeah. falling, <laughs> rising, uh, rising. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, come, children. All right, enough, 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 enough <laughs> right, Simpsons enough, quotes. Enough, enough. So, look, uh, did you like? Was this game fun the whole time for you when you were playing it? Were you ever like, oh, "I'm tired of this"? It's my f- right now, yeah. and I mean right now in a sure. grand sense. As I said, the last three years, let's say on aggregate, two D Metroidvania games are the genre that's most captivating me. 
I keep playing them, even though I'm telling myself, this is exactly like the last one you just beat. And I'm like, I don't care. I love 2D Metroidvania games. Um, this is my favorite tone and I literally the feelings I felt while I was in this world are my favorite of all of them that I've played over the last five years okay. but that said I don't like as is well documented on this show I don't like gating I don't like difficulty gating I don't necessarily get something out of a boss that requires memorizing the pattern until you're finally good at it I really like the idea of having a palette of cool moves and being more reliant on my real-time intelligence and reflexes, like, oh, the screen is shaped this way. I can tell the designer wants me to do this. And one or two tries, and I figure it right. out. You know, like, what I don't I don't like when my brain is ahead of the content I'm experiencing. And you just have a so button me, gate. The, like, I have your push buttons right. Yeah. Right. I'm like, as soon as I know what I should do, I don't like it that my hands just can't do it so I can't see the next part of the game. I'm like, I get it. I got to dodge when she does that. I'm just not, I don't care. Like, you know, I just want to yes. skip. And uh, so those parts still bother That's me. Rolled. I didn't, I didn't get pleasure. I didn't even get like a dopamine release from beating those Lancer Agreed. wasps. I just got the feeling of like, finally, okay, back to the cool exploring around part. When, <laughs> when I, I was younger, when I was younger, I, uh, I remember when you would beat a character like that that you just couldn't beat him. Like, it would be like, oh, yeah. Like, you would just have a real, like, exciting moment. Uh, and I haven't had that moment in video games since the first time I took down a boss in Destiny on a raid. That was the first time I was like, oh, oh. wow. Like, okay, we did it, finally. Uh, well, as I mentioned last episode, I genuinely have that when I beat a cuphead boss i get that uh i get i can feel that adrenaline is flowing through my bloodstream okay. like i get that, that i just high. <laughs> i this game I, I can't tell you know like i'm willing to admit this might be me this game to me was like it wasn't punishing at the point where i was angry at it like like i would say uh zelda 2 Link's awakening is that punishing where it's like okay mm-hmm. enough just let me have it you know what i mean like uh, I do yeah. feel like that at times when I'm fighting the dung beetles for the 20th time or whatever. I'm like, all right. But it's always like, okay, if I just sat down and chilled out and did what it's telling me to do, I can do it. You know? Uh, or do you do the thing where I found that I very much have a predictable skill curve? Yeah. Like, if I've tried it 15 times and the 10th time I got close but didn't beat it and now my, I'm slowly getting worse and worse... If I go to sleep, wake up, and try again in the morning, I beat yeah. it first try. Eighty percent of my problems as a human being tend to be that I don't want to cooperate and take my time, and just like do it the way I'm supposed to do it. Uh, I want right. to just like, but I'm smart and capable, and I and I'm violent uh, enough to force my way. Uh, that's how I play video right. games. You know what I mean? Which I think is why I like shooters so much. Uh, but. We learned this in theater class in college. I just want to say in case it's useful to listeners, that's a real neurological thing. Like uh, you learn this about, you know, practicing your blocking and lines. It's very difficult in one period of being awake to rehearse something physical or otherwise and then replicate it. But if you sleep, that's when those that's when those synapses. That's interesting. So usually if you sleep and wake up, you'll remember your lines much better than you did if you rehearsed yesterday. If that makes sense. 
Yeah. That's a, see, that's an interesting fact. Yeah, I yeah. like so. There's a there's a video on set safety that I sometimes show film students, uh, and they have this phrase that they say throughout, which is like "slow is smooth and smooth is fast." Like so, like going mm-hmm. slow instead of trying to speed along actually smooth things out, which makes you go fast. Uh, yeah, Abe and Griffin, who are both very good at Goldeneye, yeah, yeah. always say, when I say, how do you be good at Goldeneye? They say, it's just as simple as taking your time in a hurry. Right. Yeah. Like, what does that like, mean? <laughs> what do you mean, you mystical fucks? Uh, no, but yeah. seriously, like uh, this game, I think, is best played with that philosophy. Uh, and I think a, a lot of things in life, if you're the kind of person that's like running up against the wall and just like, why isn't this opening up for me, this door or whatever, uh, there's a kind of, and I'm not trying to like, you know, do magic or anything. I, there's just a kind of like, you know, take your time, follow the path, uh, let it happen is that this game forced me into that zone and I kind of respect it for that. Oh Yeah. Well, frustration hinders gaming performance, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, there's a meditative quality to Hollow Knight, is what I'm saying. Uh, so it's it's spiritual overtures were not entirely lost on this old bear, uh, <laughs> which I appreciated. Uh, but F that frog with a cape. Uh, I hate that frog with a cape. The one with the that uh, floats around, like the, I forgot what its name yeah. is. I hated it. I'm... Sorry, I'm using this just as an excuse this time to uh, recommend other stuff, but because I think it's fitting because Hollow Knight is a tone and a particular art style that I especially love. And one of my favorite webcomic artists, Evan Dahm, D-A-H-M, his first long-running series, Rice Boy, has the main antagonist as an evil frog with a cape. So that's all. I thought it was a good excuse to mention him. Uh, (laughs) Love that. Rice Boy. So, Check out Rice Boy. I will say, uh, as a person who creates content, the sound design in this game, uh, with the exception of like maybe two or three voice actors that I didn't care for, is exquisite. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's yes. exquisite in like the tiny sound effects and also in the impact sounds of your combat. Uh, it's very yes, satisfying. much effort was put toward... Making it, as Adam and I say, we both think is undervalued as a gaming skill. So our hats are are collectively off to these people. Um, The literally, the the point of contact where the rubber meets the road, hitting something with your sword feels and sounds perfect. And that's important. You you (laughs) cannot do better than that as a video game designer. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I can't say it enough. Like, this game's no Destiny 2 in terms of its complexity or art renderings. But Destiny, but it does what Destiny 2 does well, which is the fundamental thing you do, it plays great. Feels great. It feels real good. <laughs> yeah. uh, and you can't undervalue <coughs> that. Yeah, bouncing around and sword downing feels really satisfying. It super does. Uh, super and does. I, I kind of do feel like this, the, your character could have gotten a little more powerful and it would have been more fun uh but hey man yeah the soul powers were they're like fine they're um, okay fine but conservative they weren't like lavishly mind-bending they played it safe yeah like i would say even samus's powers are more impressive Shh. 
change the nature of your gameplay yeah. more than Hollow Knights yeah. do. More, I agree. More opportun- Although, again, most of the powers... A sequel is coming. They'll probably expand for sure. on the palette. And most of the powers that you get in Metroid, this and this follows that path, are not weapons, but are traversal. And that's true of Hollow Knight as well. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And just, to, just briefly, on the Castlevania piece of this, Castlevania is not like that. Castlevania is a lot more like get a cool side. You know what I mean? Like I feel like you improve your ability to do damage with pickups and items and stuff more than in Metroid. And yes, and the fact that those two skill sets blend well is why the genre has just loosely become known as Metroidvania. Right. Because there's so many games where you're like. Well, it's kind of like Metroid because it's about traversal, but we threw some combat buffs in there too because we wanted it to be about killing shit, and so hence we have the name Metroidvania that's just a bucket. Really for any 2D game where if you zoomed out and looked at the map of the world, it would be a big, a, a bunch of interconnected chambers with different gating systems to keep you out of them. And also Castlevania, as I recall, is it just way more arcadey than any of the things we've talked about. Yes. Uh, anyway. Yeah, as we and it went that way more and more. Like, the first one, I would say, is more atmospheric. Then as they go on, it becomes much more like Ghouls and Ghosts. Yeah, or like, yeah. which is a contemporary. Yeah. See how much you... Or a Metal right, Slug. Right. See how much shit you can right. kill. See how if you can get all the way we to should, the right. You and I need to play <laughs> one of those for this. Cause I, metal no, Slug? No, no, no. Uh, uh, Castlevania. I think that'd be fun. <laughs> I'll always play Metal Slug. <laughs> well, should we... I thought... Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, we should pass the last checkpoint, but I was just going to say Mega Man 11 was quite excellent. Yeah, I, I like thought. that. I also like that. We don't get to talk indie game, or like, It's not indie, but we don't get to talk these uh, less than AAA it, it games truly, often, so I'm, ha- I'm having I know. Fun. It truly <laughs> warms you up. Like you, like, you're does. like a little bonfire over there. I... I I'm smiling on my face. <laughs> it is a great game, uh, and it is. I, I am trying to play more of them for the sake of our our chats, and also because they're fun. Mm-hmm. But here we are, passing mm-hmm. that final checkpoint, uh, taking that giant spider spider horse to the final docking station. And uh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it also remind. I realized. I think the. The be- the best tone alike I can think of is the original manga for Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. Did you ever see <laughs> no, that sir, one? No, sir, I did not. <laughs> it's a Miyazaki movie, but it's one that didn't get an uh, American I redub, see. so it's less. But if you love Miyazaki and go back and watch his whole discography, Nausicaa of the Valley of the yeah. Wind has bug mask skulls. Oh, that's interesting. Point. The, uh, yeah. the beetle you ride, by the way, has a real uh, acid reflux problem. Because uh, he is yeah. he is clearing that throat the he whole is. time, just, uh, uh, like just a real problem. And I, yeah, that tram system is really yeah. cool, though. Thank Love you it for reminding me of that. Love it. Yeah, there's just great evocative imagery mm-hmm. all throughout I, it. My favorite. What was your favorite um, area to play in? By the way, your favorite like section. Uh, I know what mine was. I like. I don't know the proper names of the areas, but. Deep in Hollow Nest, where it was like the stacks, where you actually saw the architecture of the ruined place. It was where the antique dealer's shop was. Oh, uh, antique dealer's shop. So is that... Remember the guy you would constantly return to with some collectible, and the more you got, he would slowly give you one thing at a time? Uh, I'm trying to... I, I'm... Anyone out there I'm know what I'm talking it, about? Call it. Forget, yeah. now. <laughs> the phone lines are open. Uh... 
antique store. Antique store. Yeah, antique dealer. You don't remember the antique dealer? Is he the ant that sells you the weird, fragile things? Is that what you're talking about? No, he's called the Relic Seeker. Oh. He wears what looks like a Ku Klux Klan oh. robe, which right, is right, not right. what I like. Oh. Him. I'm trying to remember <laughs> yeah. which. Is that Soul Sanctum? I can't remember. Um, Soul Sanctum. That, I think that you're it? right. Yeah, okay. why? What was Mine your was Deep, deep Nest, where all the spiders are, like the really creepy area with all the spiders. I oh. love that. I, I was like. Was that the. Sewer pipes No, no, area? that's the Royal Waterways. No, the Royal the, Waterways. Oh, I got. I'm gonna replay this game the, right now. The spite, the yeah. one that's the spider section. That's like really dark, yes. and like just really like ugh, is Deep Nest. And I'm like, that's good. Very, this part's good. It's very yeah. limbo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right inside. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome and it's moody and it's really good. But anyway, we've passed our final checkpoint to keep or delete. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A. Oh, hey. Uh, so this time I'm going to go first because I never get to go first on Keep or Delete, uh, I've realized, oh. uh, because I... I'll keep it. <laughs> you Sorry, monster. You, you are a monster. Are you really going to keep this? Oh, yeah. man. Also, I think I just out Dark Souls you, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, sh- I did too much of a you preamble. You waited too and, long. You missed your yeah, window. Yeah, you darted in with a little strike, and I just fell like a cleric beast. <laughs> no, so uh, I am deleting this, uh, not because it's bad. Nice. Not because it's bad. No, no, it's very good. You I know, just I I've played Super Metroid. I prefer Super Metroid, and it was twenty-ish year, twenty or thirty years earlier. Uh, I think this is a very good game. I wish there was anything about it that m- m- was original to it like anything if i i i would have oh. kept it if there had been anything original to it you mean mechanically yes speaking? mechanically and i i'll say the art style is somewhat original to it but that's what i mean it's like all art is all art is iterative shares yeah, yeah. aspects of other art you. but i would say the visuals are unique in the sense that they didn't rip it off they made up their own but thing. i think it's fair you to know, say I'm, you know i'm I'm not sh- the mechanics are not new in any way i'm not trying to keep every game that is uh good or even very good this game's very good uh i'm trying to keep games that are like wow this is a real uh step forward or 
a really strong, unique version of this type of game that is one of a kind. And and the Godhead games, as I call them, or like stem cell games, meaning games where if there if the aliens came, you would say, well, you should play this game because if you play this game, you've basically played these yes, 800 correct. games and this is the best correct. version. So games like that. And that's, yeah. And, <laughs> Those yeah, are the and Super Metroid to me is that for this. Like I, I still don't know that there's a better version of it than that. All right, well. There's, there's a lot of good I, ones, though. You... You you reset, and you waited, and you got the hang of it, and you reversed the tide of battle. I will delete oh, it as well. Oh, wow. Given that, given, that, given that we re-centered mm. on what, what our keep and delete mm. standards really are, I realize I was just keeping it to mean it's a very good game mm. I enjoyed. See, now that was a lot of integrity. That I, I respect that very much. <laughs> <laughs> But if you like the feeling of being lonely and a little sad, but not that sad, and just sort of chill while you do very difficult gaming things, I think we're both not saying you shouldn't. Oh, play you should this absolutely game. play this game. Uh, yeah, it's undoubtedly. And uh, if you're like me, and these types of games are of special interest to you, they, because of the nature of them being 2D, are usually not like console exclusives that get ads on TV. So I think. Uh, casual gamers might miss have missed out on some really good ones we've had in the last few years, so I wanted to shout some out. Sundered mm. is a is a very it's a very punishing one. If you don't like the difficulty curve shit, I even found it like cheap. Some rooms cheap, but uh, Sundered is a procedurally generated Eldritch Horror Metroidvania that's quite quite good, especially and particularly because of the art style and the tone. And it I would describe the tone as. Um, H.R. Giger art or a guy I really like, Zidzislav Biksinski, like uh, fucked up surrealist art of macabre, yes, rotting M- shit that you can't fully tell what it is, but you're like, is that a baby's skull melding into a what is that? Um, stuff macabre like that. is the best uh, word for what this is that I've heard so far, yeah. Um, Dead Cells, I didn't like as much, but I know a lot of people really, really enjoyed Dead Cells. Axiom Verge is a good one of these that's much truer to the original Metroid game. It's almost an homage to Metroid, and the interesting thing about that one is it was completely created by one guy. Uh, I forget his name off the top of my head, but I mean everything. The music, the blah, 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 everything. Um, Also, I mentioned Guacamelee, which is fun if you want a lighter tone uh, one of these. And what else? There's one, another I, one I really, I, really enjoyed. I don't I know, but you, but when you tweet this out, when you tweet this episode out, you should include all these. Should yeah, I? I, th- I feel like it. Should I think you should. I? Why not? Oh, Blasphemous. That's right. Blasphemous is also excellent. And The Messenger is a ninja one. A Ninja 2D Metroidvania. Oh, and Owlboy is good. Okay, great. Now I got a list up and I can just say the ones that I've played that I know are good. Uh, Iconoclasts is fun, but I found the plot nonsensical and insufferable. It's like a grad student telling you their thesis over coffee. Um, and F those F yeah, those I'll wrap people. up there. Yeah. But I really highly recommend especially uh, Sundered and Blasphemous if you like creepy shit. Okay. Well, 
Uh, I highly okay. recommend the following games uh, in response to that. Uh, Halo 1 through 3. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I'm playing through the Master Chief collection right now. Well, did you see my IGN video about Halo lore? Oh, no, of course I, you haven't. It's in editing. It comes out this oh, I'm, week. I'm very, I saw that you uh, were asking a question about the flood or, or about the uh, covenant, yeah. which I found very interesting. Uh, are you enjoying it? Well, like, I'll say it. What, yeah, Halo? Yeah, the Master Chief collection? No, no. You're, you're hating it. No. You're hating the whole thing. I don't hate it. I think okay. it's boring, um, which is all in some ways even more insulting it, than hating something. It some certainly is. Game. It's... I don't mean to be, but I just think it's very uh, grindy and rote. I just walk to the room, I kill everything. I walk to the next room, I kill everything. It's very floaty. Uh, and this is not FYI, the time. Uh, that's all you're doing in Hollow Knight, also. So everybody, you know, that's true. Yeah. What is what is it? This? Why that's are we true. here? What is this podcast? Um, uh, I've also heard good things about Bloodstains and uh, Ori and the Blind Forest. I, I'm going to play right through now, that game. I'm also going to play through Ori. Yeah. Uh, I don't like how floaty yeah. it is. You kind of move like a yeah, Super yeah, Smash yeah. Brothers character. But if I get over it, the art is beautiful. The story is very elegantly told. Um, fuck, were we talking about? Halo we were talking about Halo reason? because uh, I'll never die and neither will Master oh. Chief. Uh, no, I realized I think uh, one-upsmanship is the perfect place to give little tidbits sure. about my IG and sure. life. And I, so I wanted to say, I wanted to uh, say this to Small Beans mm. so the Small Beans people can watch my new IGN video with this in mind. I did a video about Sonic the Hedgehog. Loved this. The uh, overwhelming feedback was, why do you, why are you shitting on Sonic the Hedgehog? We hate you. <laughs> it was also, and, and you okay, hate us, boomer. and we're enemies. It was also, okay, boomer. And all you're saying is boomer <laughs> nonsense, and you're trying to convince us to hate Sonic, uh, even though we love Sonic. Go fuck uh, yourself. And what's funny is, if you know anything about me, it was a super pro-Sonic right. video, and I, I'm sorry to be mean, but Grotesquely the so. people, God bless them, who said, what was this? He just spouted nonsense for... 10 minutes look just because you're not smart enough to follow <laughs> a train of thought doesn't mean it was nonsense other people were able to follow what i was talking so, about but basically what i want to say is this halo video i have coming out uh just know that the halo section is is essentially my impression of the ign audience oh wow and i and i don't think they'll notice you know sure. what i mean it's written in such a way that I just suddenly start uh, inter uh, dialoguing with myself. Great. And I just want to say that from like a, an emotional, poetic place, I was responding through my writing to my experience with the Sonic video. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's... But via, by way of the plot that's of Halo. Juicy. So yes, I, en I ended up researching for three days of paid work everything about Halo lore, and I'm pretty pretty caught up and you know what the lore is awesome it's very good lore yeah it's I like it it's actually yeah, it's quite fun. complicated i i've discovered as time has gone on although it's interesting about it and they even recognize this in interviews they reference it it's a very complexly stacked series of homages yes, to other sci-fi concepts they're not even trying to invent new sci-fi concepts they're just setting out to say like Hey, it's a little bit of Alien, it's a little right. bit of Prometheus, it's a little bit of Bradbury, but look, we set it all up real it's nice. Real and they pretty, sure did. And it has a <laughs> yeah. it has a Mickey Mouse of video games now, so it's gonna go on forever. Yeah. That's true. 
Although, uh, yeah, my buddy Jeremy at IGN just pointed out, Doom Guy becoming culturally relevant again made you realize Master Chief really is just a ripoff of Doom Guy, huh? Yeah. (laughs) He looks identical. There's some truth to that, for sure. Uh, There's something there. And now Doom Guy is back and being rendered in 3D games. And like when we put thumbnails together of all the most important video game characters right now, and they're together, we have to be like, uh, separate them so people don't notice they're (laughs) the same guy. Don't let them look at each (laughs) other or one of them will take out a chainsaw and it'll be a real problem. Yeah, exactly. Well, what a fun rendition this has been. Uh, for Hollow sure. Knight, I guess <laughs> you're just despondent now that we didn't keep Hollow Knight. <laughs> yeah, the thrill is over. <laughs> I'm gonna go back well, to my sarcophagus. Sadly, we're yeah, harsh yeah. motherfuckers, we uh, and I think as we should be. But it harkens to when this used to be called Final Bosses. Mm. Like the game that we both keep is indeed rare. Is my impression. Yes. Uh, one of the listeners is putting no, together a spreadsheet. So it on exists. Ep- it's, it's in the Discord, which is a reason, if you're interested, to subscribe to uh, the Small Beats I, Network because on the Discord, somebody's keeping track of all these uh, of all these passes and keeps and deletes. You know, so I was doing that thing where I was pretending the time was different than the oh. time of recording. But my point was, in a future episode, we will read that, right? I assume. We or might. Like we're we're gonna. I sure. think we will end up, or digging into at some point and being like, "This is the pattern." Oh, that's mm. interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I think the pattern might be that we're wildly inconsistent, but I, we'll find out. Yes, we'll find out sometime on One Upsmanship. Yeah, was that the end of the episode? <laughs> I don't know. This is this episode may never end. We might just do this forever. I, it won't, because I have one <laughs> more thing to say for reals, which yeah. is. I'm going to occasionally, on random Small Beans modules, throw this in because I found out it really does help us and it really helps our our organic Mm. growth, which we need in order to... Because here's the thing. Many of you very kindly patronize us. Yes, you do. That does allow us to do this. And very sensibly, some of you have been patronizing us for two years at this point, are like... Uh, this changed in my life, or I feel like I've given enough for now, I'll come back in six months or next year. So we always have patrons falling off, and we always have new people joining. So to keep this whole crazy thing going, we do need to constantly have some flow of people who are not aware of us find out about us. And the main way that happens is if the iTunes algorithm shines upon us. And the main way it decides what to shine upon is activity on our iTunes store page. So I am going to start randomly behaving people. (laughs) Yes, Yes, that's what I'm doing. I behave you. I behave you, listener. Please go to iTunes, search the Small Beans Audio podcast feed, give us however many stars you think we deserve, and write a little blurb about whatever you think. That'd be great, especially if if you think good things. Uh, if you think bad things, uh, this has been a totally different podcast. But I would feel disingenuous telling them they can't go. No, you're not allowed. Like, this is you a, know, <laughs> if you think we fucking right. suck, I can't stop you from thinking no, I'm sorry. that. Or a five-star review is the way to open the gate to life being better. So you know, this is this is how you pass that threshold. Yes. In case you didn't. In case it didn't go without saying, if you give us a one-star review, it yeah. hurts us. If you give us a five-star yeah. review, it I ble- helps us. I assume the <laughs> listeners could figure I bleed all out. my rocks. All the rocks bleed right out of me if you give us a one-star one yeah. review. No, for sure. Please. Uh, the rocks bleed Yeah, this is how you collect you. the... G- oh, mm, Hollow Knight reference. I'm still on okay. target, baby. I'm still doing this episode. Oh, yeah. 
It's amazing you can maintain focus on one game it for really this is. long. What are we at? An we're, hour fifteen. All we're right, at we better infinity go. plus one right now, my dude. I'm this this. They're never gonna it. stop. I love that Hollow Knight uh, went this long. Oh yeah, we're never gonna stop casting. It's gonna be. Yeah. It's gonna be forever. Just like how else are you? What's going on, <laughs> man? How are you doing? <laughs> you know. I, Things work out with that girl that oh, you were t- telling me that's about. A, <laughs> that's a real keeper delete story. Let me tell you. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> right. the answer was delete, but but, but I know, Ooh. I know. I just couldn't send her to space. Just she, the aliens didn't need to discover. Unfortunately, fortunately. And we're right back to that morning drive time <laughs> DJ energy. So we've come full circle. All right. Well, uh, this has been fun. Farewell from all of you who've been listening all the way through Girlfriend News. And uh, we'll see you next time on One Upsmanship. Work complete. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Open a limited time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average. Plus, it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.